Hi, it's Michael Anthony, and welcome to the Meat News Live, keeping an eye on today's news affecting meat and animal-based lifestyles. Thank you so much for liking and subscribing. You can find all my links at themeatofit.com. And sorry to be starting late. Uh, to be honest, it's been a tough one. Today should have been my mom's 60th birthday. She died last year of a heart attack caused by poor diet and lifestyle made worse by the lockdowns. It's tough to even talk about, as you can hear. Uh, thank you to everyone who has expressed condolences in the past. I hope to help keep her memory alive through work like this, which fights for the natural health that should have kept her alive for decades more. We should all benefit from natural health. But we're fighting so much propaganda. And that's why I do this. And that's why I'm here today. Let's go straight to the headlines. Well, I have a few that I just I picked out today. Uh, straight away, so um, probably going to keep this one short and sweet. Uh, I, I don't think I even, even used my voice today until I warmed up for this, because I, I sat down at the microphone and I thought, wow, I, I sound like I, I, don't, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't have a voice. I had no voice. But um, anyway, I'm just going to get straight into the stories, and uh, along the way, I guess between stories, I'll check in with the chat room. All right, and sorry for my voice. Again, it's been <laughs> a tough day, probably tougher than I realize, and uh, I appreciate all the support. All right, and again, this, there's a reason we do all this stuff. It's because it's affected our lives. So the carnivore diet saved my life. A ketogenic diet could have saved my mom's life, should have saved my mom's life, but, you know, um, there's so much misinformation out there. If the information out there were pushed if if we pushed as hard as we have for certain medical in interventions these days if we pushed to help clean people's diets up instead of pushing fear we'd be a lot farther along a lot further along my mom was a teacher so i have to keep my grammar in check here all right so Let's uh, get into these stories that I've selected for today. Okay, our first story is from The Insider. These are the fast food chains where you can find fake meat on the menu. And I'm also thinking these are places that I might want to second-guess eating <laughs> at. I, th I think we should all second-guess eating at any fast food chain, but if we have to, why support the places that support fake meat? Anyway... Just a thought. Uh, getting into the story by Heather Schlitz. It's from today. It says, Dozens of chains have debuted meatless alternatives to classic menu items. From the Tribune News Service, The fake meat craze has snowballed, it says, and dozens of fast food chains have unveiled meatless items. Consumer Demand for plant-based proteins has skyrocketed. <laughs> really? Consumer demand for plant-based proteins... All right, Panda Express is the latest chain to jump on the trend with Beyond Meat Orange Chicken. Yeah, we talked about that one over the past uh, few episodes last week. See more stories on the insider's business. Yeah, yeah, okay. Companies are riding a wave of enthusiasm for plant-based alternatives to meat and are rolling out new menu items that range from meatless breakfast sandwiches to vegan orange chicken. 
The fake meat trend is fueled by consumers' increasing concern for healthier and more sustainable food. Okay, we already know the problems there, but I'll get into that later. As well as by innovation in the development of tastier meat alternatives, according to Vox. Panda Express will roll out a vegan version of the chain's best-selling orange chicken starting on July 26th in uh, New York City in Southern California. Uh, Sorry, I just had to fix something on the camera here. (laughs) This will make it the first nationwide Asian restaurant uh, to offer a meatless alternative. Panda Express partnered with Beyond Meat and Insider found recently that the vegetarian version of orange chicken tasted nearly identical to the old favorite. Yeah, great for good for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it tastes similar, but don't forget most of that is breading and sauce. So, um yeah, the chicken part that they had to fake, meh. Taste testing Panda Express's Beyond Meat orange chicken. And there goes a I guess a photo from Tom, Thomas Polini with the insider. You can see a pic. Here's the Beyond photographed here. Let's see if I can zoom in on that. All right. Oh, all right. So there's Beyond the original orange chicken. That's the fake one. I guess it's all the fake. I thought they were gonna show a real one next. I guess they <laughs> they can't even show you the fake one next. I mean, the the <laughs> fake one next to the real one. They only have the real one. I mean, the fake one. Goodness, I don't know what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, this is the fake stuff. Looks yeah, looks about the same. But then again, all the chicken would be uh, covered up by the breading and the sauce. So you, you're not really seeing chicken here. This is just the same bread and uh, covered in in sauce. Dunkin' Donuts jumped on the plant-based trend with its Beyond Sausage breakfast sandwich. Mm -hmm, Beyond Sausage, which was introduced to thousands of stores in 2019, beating Starbucks' meatless breakfast sandwich by a few months. Interesting. Dunkin' Donuts was ahead of Starbucks. You would expect Starbucks to be... Anyway. (laughs) Um... These plant-based options, including the breakfast sandwich and oat milk, are part of the chain's efforts to appeal to younger people, an analyst told Insider. So, uh, interesting. The point is to appeal to younger people. I thought young people liked what everyone likes. Delicious, (laughs) ideally healthy. I guess kids don't really care about healthy food because... Kids get away with so much, but anyway, Burger King introduced the whole. I'm sorry, in, Burger King and in, in, in introduced the Impossible Whopper. See, I'm just. I think I'm getting flashbacks. I had. I'll be honest. I. I, I think I had a, a tough night, just like I had a tough day today. I had a tough night last night. I think subconsciously, I just realizing it would be my. It should have been my mom's birthday, coming up, and I just. I. I didn't feel like cooking, so I let myself uh, eat at a Burger King. Now. When I got to the Burger King, the GPS sent me there. It happened to be at a gas station. Okay, I've well, I, honestly I've been there before, and um, so I went and, and I had uh, six uh, Whopper patties, and um, I don't know. I felt fine after that, but and I actually I spread some tallow on them to get up the fat content. But anyway, a grass-fed tallow. But anyway, I. Uh, Kind of have some stomach stomach <laughs> troubles today, excuse me, and some tongue trouble today as well, since I have barely spoken or 
Really, I, I barely, I think I've been tuning out today, uh, just because it's been a tough day. But um, yeah, I'm not blaming the Burger King. I'm just saying that, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know, who knows? I'm just, uh, I guess, vamping <laughs> since I'm a little off and uh, thinking about Burger King. So, all right, getting back to it. Burger King introduced the Impossible Whopper, a meatless imitation of the chain's classic Whopper burger. Made in partnership with Impossible Foods, a plant-based food maker that's one of Beyond Meat's competitors. Starbucks also partnered with Impossible Foods to offer the Impossible Breakfast Sandwich nationwide. Both chains' meatless menu items are vegetarian, but not vegan. Hmm. Instead of trying to imitate the texture and taste of meat... Wendy's is foregoing partnerships with Beyond, both Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods to launch a spicy black bean burger. It's probably a lot less harmful, I would imagine. Although legumes are not exactly digestible, as we all know. Excuse me. Though McDonald's has rolled out test runs of its McVeggie burger and McPlant items in other countries... It's unclear when U.S. customers will be able to buy the plant-based menu item. Oh, come on. How long are we going to have to wait to buy our plant-based menu items, McDonald's? Come on. We, we don't want them. That appears to be the end of the article. Um, I browsed through this earlier, but I... Yeah, this is a short one. I, I don't know. So much is wrong with this. As always, I mean, these pretty much go through a formula, right? Uh, you know, except certain sites at certain times will emphasize like is, these guys are are claiming that uh, consumer demand has skyrocketed for plant based proteins. Okay, um, I, I don't. I'm sure they're really. I don't know. I just I, I'm so suspicious of all of this, but um, all I know is that uh. The reasons that th this is not just being pushed to give vegan or vegetarian, they're clearly not vegan options, but they're not being pushed to give vegetarian options. These are being pushed to take over. We covered on Friday, uh, the CEO of either Impossible Foods or Beyond Meat, I think maybe even both of them are saying the point is to take over meat, to replace meat. That's the goal. Because if the argument is that eating meat is bad for our our human health and for the planet's health, I mean, and of course, cruel, they, people can easily and understandably claim that it's cruelty to eat meat, but of course, it's cruelty not to eat meat if you suffer as the human animal because you're not eating meat. But anyway, even if you raise an animal on the pasture, it has nothing to worry about its entire life and then at the very end we give it a, the quickest most painless death possible i mean that is i think a very noble goal and it kills fewer animals than an uh, than uh, plant agriculture i don't want to mess up my terminology here that's a very bad idea um so anyway uh, let's take a quick look at the chat hello to richard golden i hope you're having a nice day as well thank you for tuning in from colorado and hi, Jet McMasterson. It's good to see you. I had some patties from Burger King last week. They didn't taste right, and it got me thinking, what would keep some jokester from switching the impossible patties? Right, you know? 
I mean, what if that's why I'm feeling kind of, yeah, I, I had kind of, a, kind of a tummy ache all day and uh, I have to wonder, but who knows? It, it could just be, uh, I ate some, I don't know. I, I've been eating nothing but super high quality beef. Maybe it's the switching quality. I don't know, but it was good. Not going to lie. And I felt all right right after. I was sleepy, but I think, again, had an emotional tough day. So anyway, so there goes our first story uh, from The Insider. Um, There's plenty I can jump into on this, but I think everything I'm going to jump into, or I would jump into on this, I can jump into on future articles. So, or yeah, definitely. <laughs> so let's move on. From the Federal News Network, actually from the Associated Press, um, I found this in two places. I also found this on Fox News, and I thought, oh no, not Fox, um, it was on The the Post, uh, The New York Post, which uh, I guess has a similar reputation at times. But um, So I, I looked it up, I looked up the um, headline and found Federal News Network had the same exact headline, and I thought that's really suspicious, but then... I saw it was from the Associated Press. So don't forget how much of this news comes from just one place. That's another thing to keep in mind. So this is sports news. I don't know why it's listed under sports news. That might be a mistake. What pairs with Beetle? See, they always try to make this cute. Startups seek to make bugs tasty. And I swear, I swear, keep an eye on this trend. I guarantee you, one uh, new segment, one article after another, trying to make this look cute. To make eating insects, oh, I ate a bug and I couldn't even tell, or it was so tasty. Or, you know, it'd be other, co- other civilizations have been doing this for millennia, and yet we, as Americans, we think that we're above... No, it's it's not that tasty, and I'm sure that most people would prefer, no matter where they are usually would prefer to eat a good steak off of a a nice fat mammal. So, anyway. And again, bugs are a carnivore food. They they are an animal product. They are animals. It's nose to tail, even. Or antenna to uh, uh, abdomen. Anyway, it's... uh, it's legitimate, but it's not ideal, and it's not enough. That's what I'm arguing. And also, it's not a replacement, and it's not some. They're trying to replace real meat, like especially especially beef, the best of them all, the best, the one that would not exist without humans. They want us to get rid of. All right, so let's read this thing already, huh? Uh, so London Associated Press. Tiziana Di Costanzo makes pizza dough from scratch, mixing together flour, yeast, a pinch of salt, a dash of olive oil, and something a bit more unusual. Ground aceta domesticus, better known as cricket powder. I'm thinking of one of my viewers. Hi, Robin, if you're watching this. I know you like to use that stuff. Di Costanzo is an edible insect entrepreneur who holds cricket and mealworm cooking classes at her West London home, where she also raises the critters in a backyard shed with her husband, Tom Mohan. Her startup, her Horizon Insects, I said, there's nothing wrong with that really, but I'm just think, thinking, where is this going to go? Her startup, Horizon Insects, is a 
a part of Europe's nascent edible insect scene, which features dozens of bug-based businesses offering cricket chips, of course, cricket chips in the Czech Republic, bug burgers in Germany, <laughs> haven't heard of those yet, and Belgian beetle beer. Ew. Ah, all I can think of is there's this um, kind of ink called India ink that I mean, all, all you artists, at least tr traditional artists, will, will remember. Um, and yeah, this is it's, it's an ink that I believe is made up. I've been told it's been it's made with crushed beetles, which is horrible. But uh, it's a really good black ink um, that I grew up uh, seeing and using. Um, I think now it might be fake or um, I think it, it's manufactured with graphite or something like that instead now um, but uh, anyway um, what was I even <laughs> oh yeah because I'm thinking the way that smelled I mean you know what ink smells like and that's what ink the ink smells like and I could and I used to drink Guinness extra stout and that stuff smells like ink and tastes like ink <laughs> it's thick and dark and, and Oh, man, anyway. Um, let's keep reading this thing. The European Union headquarters in Brussels is also backing research into insect-based proteins as... Uh, okay, look at that. The, U the European Union headquarters in Brussels is backing research into insect-based protein. This is the stuff that makes me creeped out by governments. All right, and government organizations and all that stuff. Um... As part of a broader sustainable food strategy. See? Sustainable food. That's the claim. Which we know better. We know that beef can be sustainably grown. And has been for a long time. And until factory farming took over. And yet, the problem is the cows. Not the factory farming guys. Let's build more factories and manufacture bug bars. That's what they'd like. I think it's about more money and centralizing the food system to centralize power, power and money. So it says here, as the Earth's growing population, I mean, I'm sure they, they mean human population, as the Earth's growing human population, but they say as the Earth's growing population puts more pressure on global food production, insects are increasingly seen as a viable food source. No, increasingly pushed as a viable food source. Experts say they're rich in protein. Experts. That word is very important tonight, and I'm going to be addressing that very soon. Um, yeah, th th this is going to get interesting. All right. So, um, all right. So experts, uh, experts say they're rich in protein, yet can be raised much more sustainably than beef or pork. No. All right. Um, around the world, 2 billion people in 130 countries eat insects regularly. Again, I saw it, I saw it coming. This is the formula. They, they, they try to emphasize how only Americans or only certain groups of people are not, eat, you know, I guess Western countries or whatever they want to ter term these countries that are not eating enough bugs, according to these people. Or not even these aren't even people. I feel like this this is all dictated by organizations, by board boardrooms, uh, smoky dark rooms. Anyway, the the global edible insect market 
Now, this is also an important point. The money is poised to boom, according to investment bank Barclays. Barclays, which, I may remind you, is a partner with the World Economic Forum, which uh, is going to come up again later, uh, even though some people might get annoyed with me. There's something here I really need to address. And it has to do, again, with experts. Uh, so, uh, yeah, again, around the world, 2 billion people and 100, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, uh, so the global edible insect market is poised to boom, according to investment bank Barclays, citing data from meticulous research. That's a company name. Uh, <laughs> that forecasts it will grow from less than $1 billion in 2019 to $8 billion by 2030. But despite all the European startups working to make insects appetizing, don't expect them to start appearing at mainstream restaurants or on diner t or dinner tables just yet. Darn right. <laughs> Let's see what they say, though. Uh, one big reason is the strong cultural yuck factor in Western countries. What did I say? I said it's probably going to be Western. I did not read this. I skimmed through some of some of just to see what these articles were kind of about, but I didn't read them in detail. I didn't know exactly what this would say, but I've called two of the things already ahead of time. I, I mean, ahead of reading them. So yeah, the strong cultural yuck factor in Western countries that Arnold Van Huys, forgive me if I mispronounced that, a professor of tropical, uh, it says a professor of tropical entomologist, I'm guessing they meant to say entomology, at um, Wageningen University, another butchered name, I'm sure, in the Netherlands, says it will be hard to change. Okay, so a, a professor of tropical entomology, a uh, study of insects in the tropics, says it's going to be hard to change. It's very difficult to turn people's minds around, but... <clears throat> oh, wait, I have, I have to do uh, an accent. It's very difficult to turn people's minds around, but uh, insects are absolutely safe to eat, maybe even more nutritious than meat products with the only risk coming from allergies because insects are so closely related to crustaceans, like shrimp, uh, Van Huys said. <clears throat> Sorry, I just had to break the uh, seriousness with a stupid New York accent. <laughs> not, that's not a stupid New York accent. I'm just saying that I had to be stupid and just break out my New York accent. My shouting man-on-the-street New York accent, in fact. But, uh, yeah, so he's saying it's difficult to turn people, yeah, to change people's minds. Uh, of course, he says they're safe to eat. I'll agree. Uh, maybe even more nutritious than meat products. I disagree. I think there must be a different nutritional profile. I mean, even between uh, beef and uh, pork, there's a huge difference. Beef and lamb, two ruminants, huge difference. Uh, each one as, uh, a creator, creator of the carnivore bar, Philip Meese, says each animal has a unique uh, amino acid profile. I mean, he didn't make that up, but it, it's he said that he said that recently, and I agree. So, um, right. So, yeah, this this guy is saying it, it's uh, probably even more nutritious than meat. No way. No, there's no way that what's going to top a beef liver show me one food. I have not seen one food that can top beef liver in nutritional value. 
I, anyone have any and don't tell me blueberries don't tell me broccoli if you're going to say that just leave right now but if you have any real real answers i welcome them and i'll check that in um with the live chat at the end of this article all right so yeah and but so this guy's saying uh the only risk comes from allergies because insects are closely related to crustaceans like shrimp and uh that is yeah true i, I so um, a lot of people are allergic to, yeah, crustaceans. So that that's a problem. But even if you're not, okay, let's ignore that part for now. And, uh, no offense if you are severely allergic, but, uh, yeah, just moving on for now. Instead, humans may eat, may end up eating more insects, uh, indirectly because the market that shows the most promise is for feeding animals. I see. Now they're going to... Ma- this is getting out of hand. All this animal feed. What What now? Okay. The EU approved insect protein as feed for fish farming. And Okay. The, the EU approved insect protein as a feed for fish farming in 2017. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved it for chicken feed in 2018. Now, what does insect protein even mean? Because I mean... Insects are chicken food. I mean, this is so stupid. I'm sorry, this got me angry for a second because it just goes to show you how backward our government is. As as an American, I can say it. Because chickens have been eating insects since there have been chickens. That's what chickens like to eat. They don't like to... they, They eat what they're given, but who doesn't, right? That's how we ended up sick, many of us, until we wised up and stopped going with the government's ideas. The government still, mind you, these are still the same people who still tell you, if you look at the U.S. uh, guidelines, uh, no, it's the Dietary Guidelines for Americans is the name of the public, that's the name of the publication, and in that publication, this is for, I think, the years between 2020 and 2025, they still want you to replace butter with vegetable oil. Remember that. That's your government. That's their experts. They still, after everything we've been through, after everything we've explained, they still, after everything we've proven, they still are telling you, for your own good, you gotta replace your butter with margarine, with canola, canola, all these fake oils that are killing people left and right. Sickening, sickening, literally sickening. Ah, sorry, but that got me angry. Well, let's, where where was I? Um, yeah, so the, so they had, they didn't have to approve that as food for chicken. Chickens approved that of as food for chickens over <laughs> I don't know how many millennia. How stupid is the U.S. Food and Drug Administration? Approved it for chicken feed in 2018. 2018, how freaking slow are they? While EU approval for poultry and pigs is due later this year. Oh, great. Wait, so chicken are not poultry? All right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I guess they mean in general. And uh, pigs, I, 
I don't know how to raise pigs, but I'm pretty sure they they don't need a bunch of bugs, and sure, I'm sure they eat plenty on their own. But anyway, regulatory change has also made things easier for European companies looking to uh, market insects directly to consumers. Yeah, of course. Because regulations, mind you, generally are there to support an agenda, either to make uh, money for certain concerns or to... Yeah, just really, that, that's it, to protect the, the government's power over and uh, certain companies' uh, profits in certain con- certain uh, areas. Uh, often, yeah, farming, uh, manufacturing, just follow the money. Follow the money and the power. The EU didn't previously govern edible insects, because they weren't considered food, leaving individual countries to impose their own rules. I think they should be free to make up their own rules. And Why does everything have to be so centralized? To bring rules in a line across countries, an unnecessary aspiration, I think a harmful one, the EU in 2018 launched a directive that covers insects but requires approvals for individual species, paving the way for a wave of authorizations. Yeah. That's okay. A European production of insect-based food products is forecast to mushroom from 500 metric tons currently to 260,000 metric tons. That's a huge increase. But, uh, uh, by 2030, according to the International Platform of Insects for Food and Feed, a Brussels-based lobby group, a lobby group. Still, it's dwarfed by the 22.8 met- million metric tons of pork, very good, or 13.4 million tons of chicken, all right, that the e- EU produces annually. Yeah, come on, you could do better than that. Now, you know, actually, I'm against all this, you know, the factory farming. So I think that we should all be able to go to a small independent rancher or farmer and get our meat directly from them. That's why I use CrowdCow, and there are other services. You can go to eatwild.com and find a bunch of connections. There are different services out there to go direct to the farmer. But, yeah, the, all, so that, that's what I want, and not all this centralization. And I, Anyway, that, that might come up a little later again. So it's saying to bring rules. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, insects require a tenth of the land. <laughs> okay, here's the, what they love to say. Insects require a tenth of the land, account for a fraction of greenhouse gas or ammonia em- emissions, and need much less water than cattle or pigs. The water argument drives me up the wall, since they count rainwater against cattle. Do you know that? They don't count the water that goes that rains down onto their corn and soy monocrops that destroy habitats and and just create wastelands and and deplete the earth they are harming the earth with growing things like soy and other crap that they're using in beyond burgers and impossible burgers hurting the environment to pretend that they're fixing and healing everything such hypocrisy it's not just hypocrisy it's 
I don't know what, I guess it is hypocrisy, but it, it goes beyond that because it's doing some, it seems like, I don't know what to call it at this point. I don't know what to call it. <sighs> but it does upset me, obviously. All right, so let's try to get through the rest of this. See if I can. Uh, I might just stop at a certain point, uh, at, an, at a natural point, I guess, if it keeps going too long. But uh, let's just see what they're saying here. All right, the first approval came earlier this year for Tenebrio. That sounds like it means darkness to me. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> That's a, it's, a, it's a species. Tenebrio molitor larva. Uh, or dried yellow mealworm after an application from French insect farm Micronutris. Okay. Dried yellow mealworm. The EU Commission's food safety regulators said in a scientific opinion, 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 just pointing out that word, that mealworms are safe to eat. I think they're safe to eat, honestly. Uh, though they warned of possible reactions in people allergic to crustaceans, yes, or dust mites, which I believe are in the same family. Regulators issued another positive opinion this month for grasshoppers. That's what I tried recently. Uh, look up my taste test, bugs versus beef. It's, I think, dried bugs versus dried beef, um, where I try some dried grasshoppers. Um so regulators issued another positive opinion this month for grasshoppers based on an application from Protix. These names are so weird. Protix, a Netherlands-based insect farming company. Our vision is that insects will go from niche to normal, said Protix CEO Keys Arts, who predicted an explosion of food applications to EU regulators. At Protix's state-of-the-art vertical farm in Bergen op Zoom, green plastic crates stacked in towering columns are filled with wriggling black soldier fly larvae. The high-tech facility turns the larvae into protein meal and oil for use, for use in fish feed and pet food. Hmm. Sounds gross. <laughs> I'm sure that the uh, pets are okay with it, but uh, the company also has a line of bug-based snacks and ingredients like cinnamon mealworms and cricket protein falafel mix. Goodness gracious. And after getting final approval, plans to market frozen, dried, or powdered grasshoppers as an ingredient for breakfast cereals, pasta, baked goods, sauces, and imitation meat. Good gravy. Now imitation meat made of insects. That really isn't. That's that's isn't that like double not not vegan. It's it's a, an insect uh, an animal product pretending to be an animal product. I don't think that. Come on vegan, speak up against this stuff. In London, DiCostanzo's Horizon Insects is developing an insect-based cooking ingredient after discovering that there wasn't much of a local market for the fresh edible mealworms they were selling. Really? DiCostanzo says the cricket powder she uses in her pizza gives it a very nice, uh, meaty, healthy taste while boosting the nutritional content with protein, and macronutrients, and omega acids. What? 
macronutrients. I think they mean to say micronutrients. That's a sad typo, though. Very sad. Um, meal mealworm burgers, meanwhile, are tasty and very easy to make. They say, and powdered mealworms have a mild taste that allows them to be incorporated into cakes, bread, and pasta. Uh, all right. Now the f- problem, of course, the pizza that is it's being incorporated into is very unhealthy. So, if anything, yeah, I, I will say that the cricket powder is making that pizza a little healthier, in my opinion. But it's still in a pizza full of wheat and uh, tomato and other uh, I consider toxic ingredients. In the uh, case of tomatoes, you can't really argue it. You just have to (laughs) agree on how toxic. They're in the nightshade family. So, uh, definitely, I. Uh, this is me quoting. Or this is a quote from the from the article. Definitely, just to be clear, because uh, some of the things these people are saying, I would never, ever, for a split second, want anyone to think I was saying. So, definitely, I think the future is products made with insects rather than the actual insects. Of course, because people want to hide that because they're grossed out by it. Um. And because of the texture, and for many reasons, I think. Uh, anyway, said uh, Di Costanzo, who also bemoaned post-Brexit government red tape that's leaving small UK edible insect entrepreneurs in limbo. Antoine Hubert, CEO of Francis France's Insect with a Y, <laughs> isn't that cute? Uh, isn't uh, with a Y. Uh, anyway, says the most lucrative. Uh, opportunity will come from the sports and health nutrition markets for its mealworm-based protein powder. The company also makes insect protein for fish feed that Hubert says uh, helps farmed salmon grow bigger and faster while reducing the need for fish meal. It's much better to get wild caught. I mean, this is the problem. When you eat farmed fish, you're dealing with all these stupid human ideas about what an animal should eat. Oh, well, they they need this much protein, so let's just feed them something they don't normally eat, and it'll be fine because the macros are the same. And we'll add a few little micronutrients just for good measure. (laughs) That's a really lazy, stupid voice, but uh, I just have no respect for these people. So why would I invest in a really good character voice for these idiotic liars? Yeah, I'm feeling a little grumpy today. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm being sassy. And uh, I think I'll be getting to the chat soon. Yeah, this article's almost over. Antoine Hubert, CEO of France's Insect, says the most insect. Okay, the company, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I keep going back too far. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they, they say it reduces the need for fish meal. Something that we should never have to worry about, fish meal. We should just be fishing sustainably and in the wild. Smaller fish caught in huge quantities, uh, which helps... Uh, uh-huh. Smaller fish... Oh, I see. So I get, they used to catch smaller fish to feed to the salmon, but this... I guess that's what they're saying here, but the salmon eat fish. That's their proper diet. Their proper diet is not insects. This is stupid. <sighs> okay. 
So I have one, one second. Okay, I was gonna try to do a, a puppet show from down there, but you can see here, I have my, my salmon puppet. I have not uh, come up with a voice for this one yet, but uh, come on already, this is ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they should be getting their proper diet, just like, and, and, and of course, that's people listening to the audio. Uh, I, I, did, I did just have a, uh, a salmon puppet on camera, so um, just getting a little wacky here, I guess, because I'm getting so serious and angry. I have to break it up somehow because I don't like kidding. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a Alex Jones. Even he sometimes has to take a break and step away and, ooh, but... <laughs> I'm not Alex Jones, I'm Michael Anthony, and I'm usually pretty mellow. <laughs> so when I get annoyed or upset, I have to find a way to ground myself again. Alright, so let's get through the rest of this darn... I almost said... I almost said damn, okay? That's how annoyed I am. But let's get through the rest of this gosh darned uh, article here. Uh, so, okay, wow. Well, here we go. So they're saying that the changes they're making, instead feeding insects instead of small fish to these salmon, instead of feeding their natural diet, feeding this human-imposed diet for climate reasons and health reasons, um, that that is uh, improving the ocean's biodiversity, apparently. I do, I agree that it's good not to fish a bunch of little fish out of the sea to feed to farmed salmon. But the solution is to stop doing that. That's it. Full stop, stupid. All right. Not you're not. I'm talking to these jerks. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. So, investors, and this is interesting, including Hollywood star... Robert Downey Jr. Really, I'm, 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 I, I, I feel like I'm about to be very disappointed here. I always thought he was kind of cool, and, and despite the flaws. But anyway, we all have flaws, right? We all make mistakes. Anyway, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, uh, footprint uh, coalition were among the backers contributing to Insects' latest round of funding worth two hundred twenty-four million dollars. The money will fund a vertical farm north of Paris that it says will be one of the world's biggest when it's completed next year, capable of producing 100,000 tons uh, tons year. Are there any proofreaders out there? <sighs> okay. Uh, tons per year. That's my little editorial. Of commercial mealworm products. Okay, 100,000 tons a year of commercial. Do we need that? And think about all those mealworms. Those are still living creatures. These, this is not just tons. Imagine uh, how many tons of humans have died over the past however long you want to. It's a horrible, heartless question. And, and, and to measure just the... I, I mean, we do that with, yeah, beef and, and pork and chicken and it's horrible it's not good we should not be bragging about any large tonnage 
of any kind of dead animal or even agriculturally, these things should be more localized. They have to be more localized. All of this centralization, they're pushing further and further centralization, which only makes things worse and worse. All right. I can't believe I'm going so long on this one, and I, <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the chat yet, but I'll be there soon. We're almost done here. Uh, wow, though, really. Robert Downey Jr. backing whatever. I'm sure he thinks he's doing a good thing, maybe, I hope. Um, Downey Jr., uh, I think I might be skipping, but who cares at this point? <laughs> Uh, Downey Jr. has been promoting the benefits of mealworm powder. Uh huh. Of course he has. He's investing in it. For Pete's sake. These people with investments in things that then push that very thing they have investments in. I'm looking at you, Bill. All right. So, Downey Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Downey Jr. has been promoting the benefit. Here comes a little cutesy ending for you. Downey Jr. has been promoting the benefits of mealworm powder, supplying a tub of it to talk show host Stephen Colbert. I could put this into a, a smoothie. Wait, 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 sorry. I could uh, put this in a smoothie or something? Colbert asked. You'll be making all kinds of stuff out of it, Downey Jr. replied. And that's their plan. Yeah, they want us to make all kinds of stuff out of uh, mealworm powder, cricket powder. Look, I'm not entirely against insects as food. All right, they are legitimate. Uh, they, they are carnivore, technically, but they are not a replacement. And the problem is that they're saying that this is to replace, to replace uh, all... They don't want us raising animals anymore. They just want to provide us with insect-based uh, food products. And plant-based, of course. Okay, looking into the chat. Thank you. It's very active. So, wow, this is super active. Um, so, hi, Lisa. I understand the uh, fog of loss. I have ex experienced it myself. Yes, with time it lessens, but death being what it is, uh, uh, it is always with the living. I hope that helps uh, your spirit lift. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Yes. Um, referring, of course, to um, this being my, it should have been my mom's 60th birthday today, and she died of a heart attack uh, due to... Yeah, poor diet and lifestyle, made even worse by the lockdowns last year. Uh, so, uh, but, yeah, thank you, Lisa. Uh, it, it it does help, and it's weird how, when you, you become a part of a, a weird, um, uh, I don't know what the, a fraternity in a way, but in, of, of brothers and sisters, um, is there a word that combines fraternity and sorority? Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, it's, uh, it's an unusual club. It's a, not an unusual club. It's a very common club, but once you're in it, you know, everyone, it, you just understand others better you know, who've been through it. It's weird. Uh, anyway, I appreciate that very much. Plum says, hi. Hi, Plum. 
Jet says we feed our chickens mealworms for treats, and I've always told my wife that this will be a trend soon. That's brilliant. No, they, that's a, a good, perfect treat for them. I have a, a whole bag of uh, dried mealworms that uh, I, I mention it every now and then. I, I still have it because I, I have nothing. I can't really do anything with it right now because I got it to feed to birds in the park instead of bird seed. And they liked the bird seed but hated the dried mealworms. So these are really for chickens and other animals that are more actively looking for that kind of treat. Um, and I have tasted them, uh, just one or two, and they're, they're, I guess what they're toasted. Um, and I guess they, they taste, they're very mild, a uh, little nutty, uh, and a little toasty, uh, not very appealing, um, but not horrible since they are very mild. But again, <laughs> does that, is that how you describe beef? When you describe beef, you're saying it's juicy, it's just rich and meaty and, and fatty and mm, getting hungry just <laughs> thank you jet uh, lisa is saying why why pollute the pizza crust with bugs <laughs> i know i mean i'm i'm not uh as much as i'm kind of anti-pizza at this point uh if you're gonna have a, a good slice of pizza it should be a good slice of pizza although <laughs> and she says what a waste I mean, they are both gross, but also pointless. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both gross and pointless. I, I agree, but I would still say that the bugs are te technically making the pizza crust a little healthier by reducing the um, the wheat content. C. L. Fallon, hi. I get the feeling the elite class will not be eating bugs. No. As Bill Gates likes to say, I like to eat a burger. Oh, I'm one of those guys, you know. I, I can't, I can't resist a burger either. I think Bloomberg has said it. I think every one of these jerks has said it. Lisa uh, says uh, to Jet, "Yes, it will. Uh, it will be a trend soon. The uh, feeding yeah, mealworms to ch uh, chickens, but the chickens actually like and need the bugs. Yep, and she she grows animals, folks. So." Listen to her. And we love them, so cycle of life. But uh, they are anti-life and want to disrupt it. Yeah, exactly. They want to disrupt the old ways of doing things. Uh, Jack says, love your channel, man. Thank you, Jack. Keep up the great work. I'm trying. Thank you very much. Z8. Hi, Z8. Uh, uh, you're... Uh, Dubia is that Dubai or but you said it says roaches are already booming. E. I know fellow reptile breeders making thousands a month breeding them because they're a complete food source for insect eating reptiles. Yeah. E. Um. Yeah, that's one of the things that if you go on, um, I don't know if it's technically. Uh, roach at this at that point but there if you go on to um, amazon searching for edible insects they have um uh giant uh let's see they have um giant water bugs wow right away i think that's it Eco-eat. You see? Eco-eat. Because they're claiming it's more ecologically sound. Which is uh, showing off my 
Whole Foods order. <laughs> um, this is a it's supposed to be a bug spray. That's uh, I'm trying to get a better. I got eaten up alive so badly recently. Anyway, so it says uh, Eco Eat Edible Bugs Mixed uh, tr- uh, tr- Trial Mix. I, I think they mean trail, but I guess it's, it is a trial. So uh, yeah. Oh wait, this is a giant water scorpion. But no, there's another one that says uh giant uh water bug. Water bugs to my understanding are Yeah, there it is. Bacon and cheese giant water bug. I'm sorry if you're eating. My goodness. That is but no colors or preservatives. And it's boiled and dehydrated, not fried. <laughs> so the good news is no vegetable oils. But um, the bad news is you're eating a water bug, a giant water bug, flavored like bacon and cheese to make you think it's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just that just came to mind and I, I, I couldn't help myself. And uh, Z8 is saying that they take almost no time or money to raise and breed. Oh, do, uh, dubia. Dubia roaches. I don't really know. Okay, so maybe I should be looking that up. Dubia roaches. Okay. I mean, I don't want to click on pick the images tab right now. <laughs> but, okay, I see. They are indeed roaches, uh, as we can see on the screen here. I'm going to close that now, if I don't mind. <laughs> but, uh... Okay, so, very hands-off passive income. Yeah, I'm sure it... Um, that, um, that's, that sounds like a fine business, you know, for reptile, you know, pet reptiles and stuff like that. And even for humans who want to eat them. What do I care? I just don't want to be forced, that's all. Lisa says to Z8, uh, bugs are great for the animals who are meant to eat them, not us. I agree. And she says, I'm absolutely allergic to bugs. All right. Uh, And she says, no, you misunderstood. They don't want the chicken to eat real bugs, just processed bug protein. Yeah, right. It's even worse than they're not getting the real bugs, which is the good stuff. Yeah. They don't even want the chickens to have their intended diet. Absolutely right. They would they would feed them whatever kind of protein they could get their hands on. I mean, they are feeding them, I'm sure, soy and stuff like that. That's part of the problem, a huge part of the problem. Jet uh, says, my chickens free range. I let them out in the morning and they come in before dark. All they eat are bugs, except the winter months. They get uh, cornmeal and freeze-dried mealworms. See? See? That, that sounds a lot more reasonable. You know, the, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm not crazy about the cornmeal, but I mean, I'm sure that you're, that, that is a, a more, way more balanced way of going about it. And I'm sure that they're very happy and healthy. Lisa says, my pigs root, eat grass and the acorns, as well as a small subsidy of organic grain. And that also sounds very fair. I mean, that's the thing. We don't need 
a ton of feed. We just need a little bit of, a little bit of, a, a little something here and there to help uh, you know, subsidize uh, their diet to 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 back it up to in in winter months when they can't get enough insects. They maybe you know the corn could save their lives for Pete's sake. So uh, it's just a, a, but you don't you don't need what they claim you need to to, to to you don't need to destroy the world to produce animal feed it's absurd you, you do have however have to destroy the world to do just about anything that they want to do so that sounds great lisa thank you for your I mean, thank you to everyone who, who I mean, Jet and Lisa and any, anyone who grows animals and, and raises animals and understands. I mean, we all, we all learn a lot from you. And you are part of, you help to prove the truth of what we're saying here, or what I'm saying here and what many of us agree with here, that the natural way is the best way. Jet says they really love this time of year because we have an abundance of cicadas. Yeah, summertime and the, the living is buggy. <laughs> For some reason in New York, I have not seen cicadas or heard cicadas this year. But last year, there were so many. And this year, they made such a huge deal out of it. I expected, wow, there must be, they're going to be a, a lot. But I, but nothing, nothing, not, not in my area. I, and I've been around, you know, I, but anyway. Um, Elisa says, we feed our animals right because we want to eat right. Darn right. Understanding the food chain is so important. Uh, Richard says, I can't believe this. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure many of the things I'm saying are shocking. They shock me. I keep stopping. Alisa uh, says, honestly, the fir- I first learned about the food chain when I was in the first grade, and I haven't heard one word about it in the last 10 years. You know what? Yeah, in the last 10 years, she hasn't heard one word about the food chain, and I haven't either. That is amazing. I never even thought of that. It's being memory-hold, if you know that term. Uh, I suppose they will erase the term or cancel it. Yeah, no, memory-holding is the term for for that. Jet McMasterson says, I grew up on a 600-acre cattle ranch. That's awesome. Sounds awesome, at least. After my grandparents passed, uh, it got sold, and uh, now it's mostly soybeans. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Lisa says, uh, I make imitation Beyond Burger. The only ingredient is beef. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's great. Yeah. I can get behind that product. Jet McMasterson says, "Sadly, it's where the money it's where the money is." Yeah, very true. And Lisa Albaras, I can't roll my R's properly, but uh, Lisa says uh, that must have been an amazing upbringing. Uh, yeah, on six hundred acre cattle ranch. That it that it is uh, being used in such a destructive way now. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh yeah, Jet says it was an amazing uh upbringing, so I'm glad. Man. Carnivore Orthodox. Hi. I had 3 pounds of flank steak, way too lean. Hmm. 
I like flank steak, but yeah, I, c- I can see how that would be too lean. Honestly, ground beef is really the best and most affordable. That's why it's what I usually eat. Selfhood Renaissance says, yep, but make sure the ground beef isn't lean. <laughs> Very true. I mean, I've, I was at, um, where was I? A stop and shop the other day. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that chain of supermarkets, but they have some decent options sometimes. Once I found a whole, uh, like a bunch of uh, wild caught crab legs at a really good price there. But anyway, um, and I've been going back ever since and the selection has been paltry in comparison. However, uh, they, they do have, um, ground beef that's uh, grass fed and grass finished. But I ran over there seeing that they were on sale, so excited, only to realize that they were, I think, I think they were 85% uh, uh, lean, which is not the worst, but it's not 80-20, you know? I'm spoiled, and I like my fat. Now, I've been spreading tallow, actually, on my burger patties, so, uh, and on my beef, on my food. I've been spreading tallow instead of uh, ghee. I like ghee, but I'm not always in the mood for ghee, and uh, I've just been getting lots of grass-fed tallow to add to my food and uh, increase my energy because I think that I was not eating a ketogenic enough ratio of fats to proteins. I needed more fat. So for my energy, mostly my energy, my focus, my, and really it's energy. That's it. That's that we're not burning protein for energy unless we're starving, which is really bad. So I'm well, I'm nowhere near that. Thank goodness. But, um, anywho, let's keep, (laughs) keep reading these comments. Uh, three uh, three pounds of flank, uh, flank steak, way too lean. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, make sure the ground beef isn't too lean. That's what I got into. And Lisa says, I doubt that Robert is going to eat that junk. Uh, uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr., the, is, who's trying to s- sell us on eating insects. Yeah, he's not going to eat it. Um, yeah, he is, I'm sure, paid to promote this stuff to the unwashed masses. Of course he's be. He's in, he, you know what? They don't have to pay him because he invested in the company. So he wants to see a return on his investment and that will be his payment. So now, in fact, he is his own boss in this situation. He is promoting it so that his investment pays off. Just like Bill Gates. Carnivore Orthodox says, may her memory be everlasting, Michael. Memory eternal. Thank you for my mom. I truly appreciate that. And uh, MTH666 says, ever sneezed so hard you sharted? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, I'm happy to say that. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, uh, I think, probably a troll question, but it's funny, so I don't mind it at all. Thank you. Lisa says, water bugs. Yeah, you. <laughs> Who needs that? Who needs that? That's not a, a meal. I mean, it's a meal for a, a reptile, sure. And a meal for a person who wants to eat that, if they want to. But not for me, and not for her. Not for us, no sir. Heh, that was a little poem. <laughs> Jet McMasterson 
says, not something I... Why do I keep saying your full name? It sounds, it sounds like you're in trouble. <clears throat> Jet McMasterson, step into my office. But uh, it's just that your 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 name is so short. You know, I just scroll, go right into your... Okay, so not something I'd want to eat. No, not me either. Lisa says, if this keeps up, a Terminex will stop spraying the bugs and start raising them. Of course. Of course. I'm sure they have their eye on that. Carnivore Orthodox says, 80-20 is my favorite ground beef. Yeah, mine too. I've tried even fattier. Too fatty. Didn't work. It, most of it rendered out anyway. Jet says, 80-20 all the way. That's right. Lisa says, ah, those trolls. <laughs> it was really, that was a funny question, man. I really don't mind. Um, and Carnivore Orthodox is asking, how's, uh, how's cleanup going? Uh, yeah, it's still going. It's, it's a process. Uh, um, I mean, I, I can't explain to you how many types, like she was a, a teacher, a school teacher, had so many papers. She kept all her papers, all her files from back in the eighties even. Uh, and, and while some of that's very useful, it's, uh, it's a lot to go through and make sure that I'm not throwing away anything precious. So it takes a while and it's overwhelming and it's very emotional. So it's a lot of it is emotional, honestly, is that that might be the toughest part. I mean, the you know, of course, it's it's tedious to clean up a, a big space of any kind. But uh, the emotional weight of moving my mom's stuff around, it was like that. You know, this is how it was when she died. Right. I mean, a lot of it has moved since because I, I now live in this house. But um, it, it's just tough emotionally to even handle it but thank you for asking hey henrik henrik schandorf uh is this the first time in history it's better to buy fake anything imagine to buy fake gold into a higher price hmm uh i haven't been following uh that but i mean if uh, if there's any uh, truth to that, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, everything's upside down these days, right? It seems. So I wouldn't be surprised. All right. Hey, so I mentioned about um, experts earlier. And I've mentioned in the past that the goal, and for some reason, I was listening to just now to the uh, the No Agenda podcast, my favorite podcast. Uh, of course, I'm saying that on... <laughs> my podcast but oh well um they uh i am releasing the the meat news in my podcast feed now along with the meat of it uh and so just so everyone knows but um yeah they were saying that it seems that i think it was them saying this that and and i agree whoever was saying this that it seems that the establishment or the mainstream, whatever, the corporate uh, media, whatever, whoever you want to blame all this stuff on, uh, all the mismanagement of resources and stuff, uh, it seems that they're struggling with transitioning from uh, focusing on the pandemic, uh, you know, the, the, the viral pandemic, uh, to climate change. They're trying to kind of work in a cyber pandemic in the middle of that. But um, mo uh, mostly, 
and I could say a lot about the cyber pandemic, and I will in the future, I'm sure. But um, yeah, the, the goal all along has been to take the methods of um, presenting the pandemic and apply that to climate change. So the whole, what many people call the tyranny of experts is being brought into that. I believe that's going to be in our next article, which is not pulled from the headlines, but rather, um, this is actually from um, June of 2020, I believe. Yes, 3rd of June 2020, but it's highly relevant. Highly relevant. So here, this is on weforum.org, the World Economic Forum. How the world can reset itself after COVID-19, according to these experts. Now, some of these words might get me in trouble with YouTube, but I'm going to keep reading on because all I'm doing is reading the World Economic Forum's uh, page. And along the way, I may comment, but I'll try to be careful. <laughs> okay. It says the the caption under this um this photograph of the Prince of Wales says Great Reset, a new initiative for a sustainable post pandemic world from the World Economic Forum and the Prince of Wales, an image from Reuters. This is an article by Kate Whiting, senior writer of formative content at uh, the World Economic Forum, it seems. The Great Reset it says, is a new initiative. Does that sound familiar? Is that um, just a conspiracy theory? Anyway, <clears throat> the Great Reset is a new initiative. Now it's not so new, but uh, from the World Economic Forum and HRH. Now we're calling it Build Back Better, by the way. Um, and, and HRH, the Prince of Wales, to guide decision makers on the path to a more resilient, sustainable world beyond coronavirus. The, the economic fallout from COVID-19 dominates risk perceptions, but there is a unique opportunity, opportunity, see they, all, they call these opportunities, to reshape the global economy. Greenpeace International's Jennifer Morgan, mind you, the co-founder of Greenpeace quit Greenpeace because they became too anti-human for his tastes. Um, but anyway, uh, one of them at least. Uh, Jennifer Morgan, IMF Chief Economist Gita uh, Gopinath, I don't know if I'm saying that properly, and ITUC Head Sharon Burrow discuss how they perceive a reset. There won't be many uh, among the 7.7 billion people on Earth who haven't been affected in some way by COVID-19. From sickness and the death of loved ones to work shortages and school closures, the pandemic's ramifications have touched every part of society and throw inequalities into sharp relief. These are just propagandistic talking points, quite frankly. Uh, the way they're presenting it. As lockdowns are starting to ease, uh, that was... <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, it's, it's a sardonic laugh, I think, um, that really, lockdowns are starting to ease, and there's... I feel like th there's more tyranny on the planet now than even a year ago. But moving on. 
As lockdowns are starting to ease, governments and organizations across the globe are turning their attention to the recovery process and the opportunity it provides to rebuild in a different way. One that makes the world better for everyone and addresses the other great crisis of our time, climate change. Now, I'm going to preface this really quickly. I mean, this is... <laughs> I, I probably have prefaced this enough because uh, uh, I've barely gotten through a word of it, but I, I just have to say that... Um, just keep in mind how... I, I might not even have to say this. this. This might be covered by the article itself, but... Notice how the experts are the only ones allowed to express. And if you if you disagree with the experts on COVID, you get censored. I mean, I'm I'm afraid to even mention mention it because that probably puts me on a list and probably gets me flagged for review and possible, uh, you know, whatever uh, deplatforming if they get annoyed enough with me. Uh, luckily, I'm small fries, I guess, to them, so uh, I get away with more. But um, they, the experts are dictating what everyone can say. And if you don't see the problem with that, you might see the problem with it when experts are saying that meat is bad for us and bad for the environment. Because that's where it's going. So with that in mind, Let's look here. They're showing us figure B1, most likely fallout for the world. Um, these are predicted effects of coronavirus on the world. Uh, a chart provided by the World Economic Forum. Uh, the top is uh, 6... I don't really understand this, but it says 68.6%. Uh, the ch I guess the, the chances are of a prolonged recession of the global economy, then 56.8% uh, surge in bankruptcies, big firms, and SMEs. I, I guess that's a small, I don't, uh, uh, small businesses, perhaps. I, I, I don't know exactly. But in uh, a wave of industry consolidation. Industry consolidation, yeah, which is happening and in uh, partnership with governments, which is fascism the economic basis of fascism that's economic fascism uh failure of industries or sectors this is 55.9 percent okay it's a long list but uh let's just failure of industries or sectors in certain countries to properly recover yeah this is just bad yeah a, a poor economy that's pretty much everything on this list um lower on the list uh Exploitation of COVID-19 crisis for geopolitical advantage. That's what these guys are doing. So it's nuts that they're putting it on the list. How insidious. I mean, to just put that, it's like right in your face. Oh, speaking of which, anger with political leaders and distrust of government. 18.4%. Oh my goodness. All right, so. With the economic fallout from COVID-19 dominating risk perceptions, this is a rare window of opportunity to shape a more sustainable, resilient world. And starting today, 3rd of June, the World Economic Forum is, this is last year, remind you, I'll remind you, uh, is working with uh, the um, uh, HRH, the, <laughs> the Prince of Wales, 
on an initiative coined Great Reset. Great Reset to guide decision makers on the rocky path ahead. Leading up to the forum's annual meeting 2021, which will be devoted to the Great Reset, a series... Okay, so sounds like it's not that old... uh, It's not old news after all if it... 2021 was when they had the meeting devoted. I think they changed the name of it, though. Um, I'm not even talking about Build Back Better, but they have different names for these initiatives that they keep pushing. A series of great, uh, a series of um, virtual Great Reset dialogues will take place every other Wednesday, bringing together global stakeholders from all sectors to discuss the way forward. Here, uh, three key experts, experts. Remember that word. The experts with whom you cannot disagree or you'll be kicked off of Facebook. So here, three key experts from the forum's podcast series, World vs. Virus, envision a world beyond coronavirus. Jennifer Morgan on The Great Reset. Here's Jennifer Morgan with that little look at that smile. You trust that? I'll trust this later. COVID-19 gives us the chance to step back and rethink the world we would like to live in. Says Jennifer Morgan, executive director of Greenpeace International. Hmm, we set up a new world order after World War II. Yeah, we set up a new world order after World War II. That's a bad thing. Now we're in a different... That, that's I said that, just to be clear. Uh, we're now in a different world than we were then. We need to ask, what can we be doing differently? The World Economic Forum has a big responsibility in that as well to be pushing the reset button and looking at how to create well-being for people and for the earth. Now, they're going to push a reset button to reset everything for you. Did you ask for a reset button? I didn't ask for a reset. I don't want a reset button. So don't, don't. Thanks, but no. Morgan is positive about the potential for a more joined-up approach. More collectivism, totalitarianism. Um... Uh, to a build rebuilding, and if I sound extreme in saying that, how are you going to make sure everyone's in lockstep with you? If they disagree, they have to be punished, right? Or forced in some way. That's the problem. That's the problem with trying to make one rule for all, taking away liberty. Then you have to enforce this policy, and that's violence. Real violence. Not microaggressions. Real violence. Against, anyway, okay, so, <laughs> this is, it upsets me, and I think rightly so. So, Morgan is positive about the potential for a more joined-up, yeah, 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 um, a more joined-up approach to rebuilding greener economies such as the European Green Deal with collaboration between governments, companies, and the youth movement. Governments, listen to that. Collaboration between governments, companies, and the youth movement. All right? The first two together already. Again, economic fascism. Literal, actual fascism. Here and now. And they want that to be international. Companies have learned from the past and should take the opportunity... Have they really? Have they? I don't think so. The only thing they've learned is how to trick us more. 
So companies companies have learned from the past and, and should take the opportunity to create a more circular zero carbon economy for profit and for people. Yeah. Uh, I think they just mean for profit. But it's nice for them to throw in people. Government funds need to be invested in people for long-term jobs. Yeah. That's a big problem. There's so many problems with that sentence. I don't know where to begin, but uh, I would end up going on an anarchist rant that uh, would derail the entire meat news. So I'll go on. We have an opportunity to shift coal miners who have been working in the, those types of jobs into other ones over time. Okay, did they ask for it? It can't be an either or. But I tell you, it can't be an either or. We need to th be thinking about these things together. That's coercion. That's force. They're not going to let you do things the old way anymore. They 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 have a plan, and that the the hubris. Can't believe they think they they can just plan everything out for every. How many of us are there, and how many of these jerks are there planning our lives? I think we outnumber them for sure. What the world has learned from responding to the pandemic... Now, this is the, the, the meat of it, all right? This is the part that I really wanted to show you guys. It has to do with their strategy for propagandizing, for propagandizing us. Uh, and it's very open. What the world has learned from responding to the pandemic with unity and speed can be applied to tackling the climate crisis too, Morgan argues. When we listen to the science and we understand what's at stake and we have clarity on what we need to do, we can address these crises. We know what the problem is. We know the people who are being impacted by it. We know what the solutions are. They don't know solutions from anything. I think the key is to put the health of people and the planet first. Really, really. I'd like to do that too. Let's start, huh? That's what's happening on COVID-19, they say, but it has not yet happened on climate change. I'm telling you, that's the next step. Uh, in, in many cases, they're saying, because the fossil fuel interests and the large industrial farming interests want to keep things the way they are. That's not why. It's because th things are the way they are. There are so many reasons. Eh, anyway. And what we're learning from this pandemic is it is possible to switch it. Yeah, what they're learning is that people are so easily manipulated into and, and frightened that they can be frightened into giving up meat and hurting their health just like they've done with other things, in my opinion, giving up other rights and giving up health through that, giving up of rights. When you give up your individual rights, I don't know. It's just a, the, the beginning of really bad things. Gita uh, Gopinath on the economic reset. I don't even care if I'm messing up her name. I don't have no respect for people who promote garbage. All right. Um, the nature of the COVID-19 crisis and the speed and scale of job losses makes it glaringly... Yeah, that's due to lockdowns, you jerks. Makes it glaringly different from the 2008 financial crisis which was, I believe, caused by um, computer automation, so, um, or at least triggered by it. Um, and they want to automate more things. Don't forget, they just want, and which would only increase the risk of a cyber pandemic. The way they want to dig digitize and centralize everything, 
doesn't make any sense. Anyway, okay, so the solutions will need to be distinct, argues Gita Gopinath, the International Monetary Fund's IMF's chief economist. In the short term, government spending on health will be the top priority to mitigate not only the health problem, but also to ensure a sound recovery once we come out of this health crisis. More spending will mean more debt. You see, we don't need more spending. That's just more money being given to these big pharmaceutical companies that are, I think, hurting us. So this is a real shame. A real shame to to even advocate for this kind of crap. More spending will mean more debt. We shouldn't have the more spending, but moving on. So for countries already experiencing debt distress, concessional financing and debt service relief have been approved by the IMF, Gopinath says. More will be needed in the coming years. Yeah, that just means more spending and more spending. I'm sure it'll save some people, but these are people who should not be in these positions. They are put into these positions by mismanagement through centralized governments. And these are the same centralized governments that are selling us the solution. It's We can't trust them. More spending, while for other countries, liquidity facilities will be needed to avoid a debt crisis. Uh-huh. In the longer term, ongoing low interest rates will help advanced economies, especially to roll over their debts at very low rates. Once we start to see a recovery in growth, yada, yada, yada. Um, so they're going on and on about debt. Um, now they're saying the public sector will have a bigger role to play in future, she says, as traditionally it happens in such crises. I believe it is very important for countries to recognize they, uh, there are essential services that need to be provided in terms of healthcare, education, good governance, and, lo- and social safety that cannot be compromised on. All of those we do not need government for, except for good governance, right? That's the only thing we need government for. But we don't need government for... Uh, but good governance, that's just propaganda or or uh or governmental planning I, I, at best it could improve the government if you plan a good government but i don't see a lot of those out there anyway um and social safety these are so stupid anyway the so the crisis the crisis has also made the need for global cooperation again centralization totalitarianism forced at least coerced uh, abundantly clear, says Gopinath. And by um, coerced, I would say, because they want to tax us now for things that we that they they say are hurting the environment. So they want to tax, uh, you know, carbon. You think they're not going to tax meat extra for that? Of course they are. It's going to be like the top of the list. I have no idea how much they're going to increase that. And they want to get rid of that altogether. So that's even more concerning. This is a virus that doesn't respect borders. It crosses borders. Uh, And as long as it is in full strength in any part of the world, it's affecting everybody else. So it requires global cooperation to deal with it, she says. Greener future. Like Morgan, Gopinath believes the COVID-19 crisis is a wake-up call that we need to shift to a greener economy when countries are in a position to begin public spending. But how do we get uh, to a more planet-friendly way of doing economic activity? What's needed is to ramp up production of alternative forms of energy. And second, to have infrastructure that's more (sighs) climate-friendly. Sounds a little um, redundant if they think that 
alternative forms of energy are more climate friendly. But in both of these measures, the public sector can play a very big role. That's creepy what they're, that they're just saying. I mean, public sector, public sector. I mean, what do they mean by that? Once you have the, those in place, alternatives to energy and greener physical infrastructure, then you can obviously put on top of that carbon pricing. There you go. There's the, the tax. Uh, so companies and firms internalize the impact of their, their activities on the climate. So that's why getting this wrong, getting it wrong on the climate is so terrible. I mean, the, so these centralized governments, these, they want to ever, ever concentrate. They, they want this to be one world, I don't know, if, if not government, at least one world agenda. So, uh, and to get it wrong means that we're making a, the hugest mistake because it's, it's worldwide. Anyway, so uh, Sharon Burrow on the work reset. Okay, I'm guessing this is work. At, uh, this is not really what I'm focused on here. But um, in fact, this is not the article that I thought I uh, I thought I found the this this one that I was looking for um, that had to do with strategy. So I don't know. Uh, uh, COVID environment. St- oh, oops, <laughs> can't type. See, the thing is, I can't type and talk at the same time, and I'm a- <laughs> I hate to not talk while I'm doing this because that's dead air. But I don't know why I can't type and talk at the same time. It's weird. <laughs> I guess it's not that weird, but depends on how your brain works. I think. But um, but definitely, I have seen the World Economic Forum pushing the idea that the that what we need are experts to set the term and uh, to, I mean to set the, the the tone rather, and you know how the COVID the Great COVID nineteen reset wow the Great COVID nineteen reset can help firms build a sustainable future. COVID-19 offers a chance to help uh, reset and reshape the world in a more sustainable way. Uh, It is up to every individual and corporation to take ownership of the future. And uh, here are the three steps business leaders can take to hasten this vital transition. Planet, people, and profit. But anyway, um, I don't know if they even mention experts. Uh, I'll find it at some point and share that with you guys. But basically, the plan is to use experts to... Um, push the climate change agenda. And I'm concerned that because we haven't been allowed to disagree with the uh, pandemic experts, we're not going to be allowed to disagree with the the climate experts, quote-unquote experts. And, I mean, you see, Jen Psaki, the, the press secretary of the United States, in just the most disgusting affront to the, the First Amendment saying that uh, of our constitution saying that uh there should not be free speech but that not only should there not be free speech but if you are booted from one social media platform she's saying that you should be booted from all of them and um that's atrocious i mean hello fahrenheit 451 
this is the new book burning and it's beyond that it's something else it's an it's a weird mix of book burning and witch hunt and anyway i think i've made my point with that thanks for humoring me uh what, what are you saying here uh So in the chat room, we have a carnivore orthodox saying, I think he's joking in terms of fake meat being promoted as better than the real thing. Imagine fake gold being touted as better than the real thing. Oh, I see. So we're yeah we're referring to uh, Henrik Schandorf's uh, joke earlier. Is this the first time in history it's better to buy fake anything? Imagine to buy fake gold and it's uh, at a higher price. So yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Carnivore Orthodox, for the interpretation. Lisa is saying, uh, yeah, I got that too. <laughs> it's as if authentic is considered lesser or dirty. It is absolutely considered lesser and dirty. And dirty. Henrik says, there is now a rush to buy fake gold as the inflation has skyrocketed. Yeah, that's another... I think it's all true. <laughs> the interpretation and what, what Henrik is saying now... What what about calling fake meat a mistake? Get it? Steak? Huh. Mistake. Uh, okay. I like that. <laughs> I do. I haven't even heard that one yet. Or made it. I, I, and I'm a punster, so. Pardon. Doisty. And this is a um, a stainless steel water bottle that I got after I interviewed my dad for the Meat of It podcast. Because, um, you know... He went keto and, excuse me, reverse his uh, type 2 diabetes and um, he's off all medications. He's doing so great. I'm so happy. Uh, but uh, he um, he saw me with a, a plastic water bottle that I had from back when I was at my old job. And they um, didn't let us have glass water bottles, which is kind of what I wanted at the time um, uh, because uh, it was a museum and that would hurt the artwork, the glass, anyway. So... Um, I had a plastic water bottle and I, I guess I should have gotten a, a stainless steel one all along because that's what I'm enjoying now. All right. So I got my dad into keto and my, my, my dad got me into a stainless steel water bottle. <laughs> um, oh, I, I should finish on with the comments here before I get to our next, uh, article. Hi, apps and games, uh, or apps and games is hi- saying hi to Lisa. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, um, and hi, apps and games. Uh, so, Lisa is saying they want to use the children because they haven't been here long enough to work out all the kinks of the political system that these nuts are proposing. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of parents have gotten, excuse me. I have just a bit of a, it's not, um, I'm not, I'm not a, it's not a cold at all, but just a bit of, uh, I guess, um, congestion, uh, but it's not, it's not, um, it's not a cold. I guarantee you that, um, just a little something. I, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it is not a cold. I guarantee it. Um, I think it's something I ate honestly, cause I've just been out of it all day. So, uh, Again, tough day for me. I really think that yeah, they um a lot of a lot of parents were angry 
when they realize what was when when uh, their kids had to study at home all of a sudden, and all of a sudden the parents were aware of the lesson plans and thought, "What? They're teaching you what?" So uh, that's. <laughs> uh, I think a big part of that, you know, they they're educating them. I mean, I don't. I remember being brainwashed the other way, where brainwashed into <laughs> believing that, uh, you know, America, liberty, and all that. Now it's, uh, I don't know, America, communism, yay, <laughs> or socialism, yay. No, I don't get it. There was a poll, I think, um, recently that showed that a huge percentage of the young people these days actually favor uh, socialism or communism. They think it's a good idea. It's scary. And, and I mean, my heart goes out to Cuba, uh, the Cuban people who are fighting for freedom right now. It's heartbreaking. And we have to pay attention to these things. I mean, this is what could come to our door. I mean, yeah, sure, now they're just knocking on our door to make sure that um, we're safe, right? They're knocking on our door to make sure we're safe. I don't want them knocking on my door. So, it's creepy, and it's a problem, in my opinion, certainly. (laughs) And I'm not alone. I'm far from alone in that feeling. So uh, Lisa continues, the, the science, whose science? There are many differing opinions within the larger scientific community. That's right, because science is a process. It's not a body of facts. Science is a process. Uh, there, is no, no, uh, there is no one scientific conclusion, says Lisa, for any of the issues that they cl- claim we face. She's absolutely, that's a perfect sentence. There is no one scientific conclusion for any of the issues that they claim we face. Brilliant. That, that's perfect. Can't top that. Jet says the science that they rewrote, of course. Yeah. I mean, that they've redefined the term uh, herd immunity, I believe. Um, I believe they've, <laughs> I, I, even the term um, vaccine, I believe, has been redefined it's crazy because the things currently being pushed the the gene therapies are i mean they're a new technology the mrna technology and they're technically more of a drug they they fall under the actually they they are registered as a gene therapy so because that's what they are they go in affect your genes uh, supposedly temporarily um I have doubts about that. But anyway, I'm going to get myself into big trouble now. Um, But, yeah, so, Lisa says public sector, a term that popped up in that World Economic Forum article, uh, the public sector always code for corporate control of public services. Yep, exactly. Thank you for articulating the creepiness that I felt from that term. That's why. Corporate control of public services. I I don't know how often I have to say it, uh, but fascism. (laughs) That's fascism, and it's horrible that we have it. I mean, it's in full force. It's already here. Uh, And that's, that's upsetting. But the good news is that they're still pretending to be America or pretending to be pro human rights. 
across the world even. So um, they, I mean, often try to couch these things, except for, you know, certain leaders. I think um, Duterte in the the uh, Philippines, I think he's always been pretty harsh about things. I don't think he tries to, to make it seem like he's trying to help people. I think he just seems like he wants to punish people he thinks are doing the wrong thing very harshly. So um, I, I don't know. I, I just think that this is all just beyond misguided, beyond misguided. Oh, and um, Jesus is our friend has uh, thrown at me. I, I just happened to notice this before I got, uh, uh, I just skipped a couple of comments. I'll go back, but um, it's something I've been expecting for a while. Uh, they put one word at a time. They, and this is Jesus is our friend. I don't know if you'll be able to find this uh, YouTube user, but they have uh, put in, they've spelled out the N word one line at a time in the chat, the live chat, um, in order to upset me. Idiot. You're just an idiot, that's all. It's not It's not going to make me sad or cry. I just think you're an idiot, and I, I think that uh, there's something seriously wrong with you, and you should probably find a better use of your time. It's pretty sad. And I, I mean, I'm just assuming that someone has really hurt you very badly in the past, and I'm very sorry for that, and I hope that you'll be okay. You'll be okay, just... Try to open your heart up to others and uh, realize that everyone is a person doing their best, hopefully doing their best. You're probably doing your best, but you're also being an idiot at the moment. So anyway, um, moving on to the actually important stuff. Uh, Yeah, Henrik says, "Uh, waiter, there's a fly in my soup. The waiter... Oh, that costs extra, sir. <laughs> I feel like, did I ever hear that joke somewhere? But that, I don't think so. That's a good one. I like it. Because now, hey, they're, yeah, they are selling insects now. So Jet says, uh, haven't some in British Parliament suggested a future meat tax? Yes, I have heard that. Um, Michael Holmes says... Uh, you're seen like a bold man, but you definitely need to get your life together and find you a woman and God and thank you for your support and have an amazing and awesome day and stay home. Hey, look, it looks like uh, we're reaching more people now, guys. Um, my audience seems to have expanded a bit as uh, I'm getting weird comments. I, <laughs> I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, I don't know what makes you think that, Michael Holmes, but mind your business. Thanks, and have a good night. Lisa says, the carbon taxes will come down to them taxing us for our individual carbon footprint and the carbon we exhale. Did any of you think we would be here two years ago? You know what? I feel like they're going to actually be tax, at least in the United States. In the United States, at least for now, it seems like they would be more forced to pressure the companies right and don't forget many of these companies are multinationals so uh the policy in one place is going to affect the policy everywhere i mean there are movies uh, in hollywood right that have been altered to make china happy so um it's it's i mean uh, this is an international thing and 
but I, but I think that they're going to try to just pressure companies and the, the companies are going to have to charge us more uh, because they are paying more for, for carbon. So, uh, yeah, that's, I, I didn't think we'd be here two years ago. That's for sure. <laughs> Lisa says we may need a moderator. Yeah, trolls are out. The trolls are out. Good. MZ. I don't know what MZ said, but it says message retracted. I have a feeling I'm. I, I wish Jesus is our friend would retract uh, <laughs> as well. But oh well. Uh, if that upset anybody in the chat, uh, sorry I had to see that, but um, it's not bothering me. Um. Jet says, I've got to get back to work. Good talk, Michael. Hope you have a great week. Thank you, Jet. And thanks for sp uh, spending time with me. Um, and with us. We're having a great chat here. <laughs> for the most part. Hey, Jordan. How you doing, Jordan? Reported. Thank you. Need a moderator indeed. <laughs> I'd help if that's a thing on YouTube. Well, thank you, Jordan. It, it is a, a thing. I don't know if I need to do that yet, but... <laughs> Uh, if, yeah, I guess, um, th these things happen. Um, I can also, I, there is actually an option to hold, um, con uh, messages. Uh, I just have it off because I'm not afraid of things like this uh, uh, normally. I'm not afraid of them at all, but I mean, I'm not usually concerned that it'll happen, but, um, Richard, uh, says, thanks for being real, Michael. <laughs> F them. Thank you. Yeah. The hell with them i don't care lisa says uh, that individual is useless absolutely <laughs> thank you lisa and amen to that richard says i can't believe people that crap what's wrong with people carnivore orthodox says monday night troll night michael what's your most favorite video you've made wow my f that's a big question my favorite video probably YouTube's favorite, which is How Meat Healed Me, which is uh, the one that has gotten the most views. And I think it's my favorite because it seems to have helped the most people. So um, that that's, yeah, that's probably my favorite because, I mean, I, I people still find it and it's still, I, I don't know if it's done in my top 10 anymore, but it it has been for a long time. So, um. Just, you know, knowing that it's helped so many people, that makes it my favorite. And I think that it's one of those that's very informative, but personal. It's a good balance. Thanks for that question. Now, let's look at this article from Green Queen. Uh, it's, of course, I, this is not, and this is obviously um, a, and mind you, this is also a, a Hong Kong. So it says, published on July 20th, and um, when I started this, live stream it was still july 19th but uh it was already july 20th in hong kong so this is news from the future says uh it's from green queen and um says this startup just created the world's first hypnosis program to rid meat addiction this drives me crazy of course and i don't really have to get too into this but um of course, my point is going to be that there is no meat addiction. There is a nutritional requirement for animal products, for the, the, nutri the nutrition in animals. So 
Ah, but let's see what they're saying here. It's a short one. Your friends. <laughs> Your friends are all ditching meat. <laughs> Peer pressure, anyone? Or at least actively reducing their intake and going flexitarian. You want to join them for health, environmental, and ethical reasons. I sure do. But somehow, you're finding it incredibly difficult. Hmm. The answer, according to vegan startup Raging Pig, is hypnosis. Based in Sweden, Raging Pig wants to help people get off meat, I beg your pardon, with a brand new program that uses hypnosis. According to the startup, it's the world's first hypnosis program dedicated to tackling meat addiction. It's completely free. Of course it's free. And involves three easy-to-follow steps to guide people through their journey away from meat. Hmm. Get off... Excuse me with the language. Get off meat hypnosis. The program is called G-O-M-H, which stands for Get Off Meat Hypnosis. Raging Pig developed it together with Swedish hypnotherapist Anna Marge Villander, who, who guides users through three sessions that will help listeners quit meat. Raging Pig is known for its 100% vegan bacon seasoning. I, I don't know if you can hear, but there's a fire truck passing by. Um, I don't, I don't know if they respond to liars, but, uh, yeah, these liars do have their pants on fire. Um, in the first session, I'm, I'm just saying, just even calling bacon vegan at any point or anything, nothing vegan can be bacon. Anyway, in the first session called connecting, listeners are encouraged to relax completely. In the second, discovering, Villander discusses the realities of where meat comes from. I'm sure he's not discussing the realities, but painting a picture to make you feel a certain way. Uh, oh, but, but does so with an aura of hope. Finally, in reconciliation, program participants will travel back in time to get inspired to start their meat-free journey for a better future. All three episodes of the program are available on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. I tend to listen to different kinds of podcasts, you know, like libertarian podcasts, anarchist, uh, <laughs> carnivore. Um, Raging Pig recommends one session per day to allow the experience to integrate properly and to find a place where you won't be disturbed and can sit or lie down comfortably. Looks like there's... That's one of them, I guess. Do you... And it says, do you wish... So this is a... a I think a still. It's on, on their YouTube. I'm not going to click on this right now, but... It says, do you wish people would mind their own business about your meat eating? Okay. Wow. I guess that that is... <laughs> tempt, that's very tempting. It makes me want to click. But clearly, this is part of propaganda. So this... This guy is dressed like a hunter, but he's probably a vegan. <laughs> Building a sustainable food system. Here we go again. Raging Pig says the whole idea to create the world's first hypnosis program to help people with their meat addiction, as they call it, is inspired by their mission to build a better food system. There's nothing better than ruminant animals. Animals in general. 
besides insects, please. For hundreds of years, our broken food system has successfully infected billions of people with the meat eatism disease. Meat eatism disease, they call it. Leaving us disconnected and misled on a deeper level than we're capable of grasping, explained the startup. Yeah, I, I think you're disconnected and misled on a deeper level than you're grasping. Because um, you're saying for hundreds of years, our broken food system, yeah, we have had a broken food system for hundreds of years, true, um, successfully, and maybe even longer, but has successfully infected billions of people with the meat-eatism disease. Okay, you sh- how stupid do you have to be? <laughs> okay, we've been eating meat for millennia and millennia and uh, however long you want to believe, <laughs> you know? It can be thousands or or, or uh, over six, it can be, what, is it 6,000 for people who, uh, b- b- certain creationists and, and then millions of years. If you go back to the be- our actual beginnings as microbes, Microbes are eating other microbes, so they're practically cannibals. So, you know, animals eat other other animals. Life feeds on life, and this is ridiculous. But, um, this is what they're the paint. This is the picture they're trying to paint. Since childhood, we've been taught, or honestly manipulated, that regardless of the circumstances, we need to eat meat. This lie is pretty easy <laughs> lie. To overthrow with reason, really, reason, but harder to overcome emotionally. What re- How are you going to overcome that with a reason? Overthrow that with a reason? If you actually look at the science, you see that you benefit from eating meat. It's so stupid. Raging pig, when you can actually see harm from eating plants. So... Okay, anyway, Raging Pig went on to explain that consumers can take back control through this program, which will help make them better, more ethical, and sustainable. Uh, will help them make better, more ethical, and sustainable food choices. Globally, the livestock industry drives nearly a fifth of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. It's also a major contributor to deforestation, soil erosion, and water waste, not to mention animal cruelty, they say. <sighs> A fifth of the world's greenhouse gas emissions from livestock. First of all, that doesn't even add up in what I, in any of the numbers I've ever seen. So this is stupid already. It's not even... In fact, I have to go right now to uh, EPA greenhouse gas emissions to look at this because that was infuriating to see. Um... So, over, uh, all right. This is the United States, but whatever. Uh, they have the the global numbers. So, overview of okay, that's the United States. Now, where's global? And this is, I mean, you can look through all this information. It's all, it's very thorough, uh, but. Okay, I can't find the global. Okay, there it is. Global emissions by gas. Okay, that's by gas, not by economic sector. All right, so let's. Rem- okay, what did they say that? Um, 
crap, I have to go back. Um, so globally, the livestock industry drives nearly a fifth, one-fifth. So they're saying livestock. The livestock industry, they say, drives nearly one-fifth of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. The truth is that agriculture, all plant and animal agriculture, and forestry, and other land use combined. That's a very vague thing, other land use. But all of that together, together, mind you, animal agriculture is one half of uh, less than, I mean, does less damage, uh, according to the, at least in the U.S., than plant agriculture. But part of that is because we're feeding these animals feed, which we shouldn't be. But anyway, um, so agriculture, forestry, and other land use all together in global emissions account for just under one-fifth. So they're misreading the numbers here. That is pathetic. That is pathetic. That is either lying or it's really poor reading. Either way, it's really, really bad. Shame on them. Shame. I'm sorry, but that is just disgusting. Do better than that. If you want to, you know, spread a message and, and make the world better, at least be careful. Anyway, with, with your fact. I mean, they don't even have the... Anyway, they, they're trying to make things look worse than they are, so I'm sure they don't mind. But, um... Yeah, now it's saying... Uh, studies have uh, also shown the negative health impacts of high meat consumption. Complete BS for any of us who have healed our bodies, saved our lives with a carnivore diet, or even a keto diet heavy on red meat. Fatty red meat. <sighs> Because they want us to eat lean meat. That's another recommendation in the, the dietary guidelines for Americans is lean meat. They don't want us eating any red meat, especially not fatty red meat. High fat diet. Ooh, they're terrified for us. So, um, yeah, they're saying that from raising the risk of certain cancers to heart disease, that is so deceptive. It is so untrue. They're either misinformed or lying, and either way, they're hurting people with this misinformation. The Swedish startup says the program will keep plant-forward eaters on track, too. If you ever find yourself uh, close to a meat relapse, meat relapse, in other words, getting back to your natural diet in the future, simply go through the program again to be keep yourself brainwashed, because you can't fight nature. Nature insists on coming back and and bringing you back to proper health through a proper diet by craving the things that you need to be eating. But we're in a toxic and confused, deranged food environment. All right, that's enough of that, that uh, article. But it's a, <laughs> that's the end of that article, really. But this stuff drives me nuts, guys, because it's just these lies are hurting people. This lie, misinformation, whatever you, whatever it is, it's it's hurting people. Let's see what you're saying in the chat here. Lisa is saying, uh, 
her her favorite video of mine, thank you, Lisa, is the one I I recently did with my dad. I love that one, of course. Yeah, it's it's really up there. It's got to be in my top three. I loved peeking in on the relationship y'all have. Thank you. Uh, so, and Lisa is saying a pig's favorite food is meat. They will even eat other pigs if they find them dead in the wild. Wow, I didn't know that was their favorite food. Raging pig indeed. Yeah, man. And uh, Lisa says, notice how these articles never cite their sources. No, they do not. They just... I mean, look, I went to their source. And obviously, they... they Because they were saying just under a quarter of, of the... Uh, I mean, just under... Uh, a fifth of the world's greenhouse. Actually, it's more. The, okay, no, I see, I see. So, the, you know, their number might be more accurate than I'm giving it credit for. Uh, but e- either way, no matter what, I'm not for the kind of farming that is currently in place. It's factory farming. We need to go back to traditional ways, which are being vilified and almost, in some places, yeah, made illegal to to. To, to use your traditional farming practices it's it's insane i can barely fathom that if they want to do their crazy thing maybe maybe they should be left to do it but they want to force everyone into this system and again make it illegal to do things the traditional way for our for our safety they say it's madness it really is but uh i have one more article lined up California Republic says, yo, show us your browser history now. (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) But, um, I mean, it's mostly just this stuff because that's all I've been doing. Um, But, yeah, you know what? I mean, that's amusing, very funny, but the way we've given up privacy these days is just getting really crazy. I mean, even medical privacy... Now we go to a store and are asked about our medical history. So that's all I can think about. I'm sorry. I'm getting too serious again. (laughs) Okay. So, and this might make me even more serious, but I'll try to joke around about it a bit. And this is from, uh, what, what is, I see the food network logo here, but I think that's an advertiser. It's from MSN, right? Microsoft news (laughs) is 3d printed meat. The next big thing. And How It Really Tastes, by Deepi Harish. And uh, this is a recent, within the last day or so, within the last day this was published. There's a new wave of, of alternative meat products coming to our not-so-distant future, and is likely to make up a major part of our future diets. <laughs> not mine. Currently, the global market for lab-grown meats is the fastest-growing segment in the food industry. I'm sure that's just a statistical fact and not something to go... Anyway, and it's expected to reach $140 billion by 2030. Eek. According to forecasts by... Bl- 2030, that's... <laughs> now, now, now that they mention that, that, that's also one of those years that in the conspiracy world, because it keep, keeps popping up. And 2030, uh, Agenda 2030, um, you can look that up if you want to go down that rabbit hole. But uh, this is within the timeline that some 
of these globalists have proposed we get rid of real meat within the next 10 years or so. They, they say now it's, the, the, it's a climate crisis now. We have to really just now stop. No more meat. It's crazy. Anyway, um, because they think it's hurting the environment. So that's why we have to keep spreading this message. Please Don't let me be the only one. Don't let, don't let people who are speaking out on this on, 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 in, in, in public be the only ones. We all have to do this. If you, if you can get away with spreading the word, I hope you, I hope you will. But uh, don't, you put, don't put yourself in any bad positions, of course. But I just, I really need, a, I want us to all to get this word out because this is happening. <laughs> And it looks so gross. I'm getting nauseous looking at this photograph. Just thinking of how unreal it is. All right, so this is a picture from Food Network Canada. And I, I, I'm sure these are real potatoes, real asparagus. And they, uh, I'm guessing a 3D printed steak. Let's read on. In 2018... Aleph Farms in Israel successfully cultivated the world's first beef steak using 3D printing. Today, they've upgraded to 3D bioprinting. Unlike 3D printing that uh, uses ink or plastic, 3D bioprinting technology is able to print actual living cells without harming the animal. Essentially, this technology is able to recreate the natural process of tissue regeneration that occurs in the animal's body in a controlled environment, a.k.a. a petri dish. Petri dish meat. The end product is able to mimic, mimic, the structure, smell, cooking behavior, and appearance of a meaty steak, right down to the blood oozing out of a juicy steak. Yeah, this is print, 3D printed meat confirmed by the second caption. I don't know why they repeated the photo, but that's a 3D printed st uh, steak there. Um, redefine meat. Speaking of redefining, Redefine Meat is another leading meat cultivating company that uses a method of multi-material 3D printing to create alt meats. Again, alt meats from the people who would never want to be associated with the alt-right. They're creating alt meats. The 3D printer lays down blood, fat, and protein simultaneously at a voxel level that resembles mimicking meat of an animal, says Daniel Dikovsky, head of technology and innovation at Redefine Meat. So creepy. This advanced capability is what allows an alternative steak to go beyond just taste, but also replicate the texture and, texture and mouthfeel. Redefine Meat does not use any animal ingredients, but rather a proprietary blend of, here it comes, soy. Already a big, major fail. Of all things, the top ingredient is going to be something that screws with your hormones, turns boys into soy boys and girls, and it screws with everyone's hormones. Pea protein, legumes, again, indigestible, but I don't know, whatever. Pea protein, coconut fat. That's, that's the least harmful thing I've seen so far. Sunflower oil, that's a problem, I think. Uh, seed oils are always a problem. 
and a few other plant-based ingredients. So their products are vegan. So they are vegan. Uh, except you're hurting the human animal. So I don't see how that's okay. If you're not supposed to be hurting animals, why is it okay to hurt humans? Unless the agenda is anti-human, specifically. Is it? Could be. 3D printed meat on a plate from redefined meat. That's what we're looking at here. Look at that. Now let's talk taste. Earlier this year, oh, that's from Food Network Canada, by the way, that picture of redefined meat. So earlier this year, redefined meat held a blind taste test for its 3D printed meat with over 600 participants, mostly meat eaters. The overall approval rate was over 90% based on taste, texture, and mouthfeel. When Benjamin Netanyahu, Prime Minister of Israel, tried Aleph Farm steak, he said, I can't taste the difference. Well, good for you, Ben. Looking, into the fu looking to the future, while these are only two examples of startups that are experimenting in the 3D printed meat world, Several other companies from around the world are diving into the cultivated meat industry as the demand for innovative products with less impact to the environment, again with this BS, or at least misunderstanding, uh, and harm to animals is rapidly growing. Do they not realize that you're also hurting animals when you destroy their habitats to uh, grow soy? And when you, when you feed them soy... We should. None of us should be dealing with this much soy. I remember when when I was a kid, soy was this thing that you had to get a, on the side, a soy sauce packet. Uh, sometimes you had to. I remember they used to sell soy in little cubes at every store, but now it's in everything. Or tofu. That was tofu. Um. Anyway. While these are only, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, Aleph Farms has partnered with, I was wondering why Mitsubishi has come up in these at all, but Aleph Farms has partnered with Mitsubishi to sell their beef in Japan in the coming years. It's not beef. <sighs> or is it? <laughs> it's, not re it's not real beef, but they're not in a rush to get it on the market. Nor should you be. Japan is home to the world's most luxurious steak, Wagyu. In other words, they're well aware of what they're up against. No word yet on when Aleph or Redefined Meat will hit the open market or when lab-grown meat will be available for purchase in Canada. Are you, are you really eager for that, Canada? And then, yeah, that's the end of that article, but... Unbelievable. I mean, this... Fake meat, even if it tastes the same, even if th this is a processed food, it's not natural. It it didn't spend any time in the sun. It didn't eat any grass. I mean, I guess what the the soy, yeah, sure, the plants that it's made from, but I get it's just disgusting. I think, and it's so bad for human health that. The fact that it's being marketed in the opposite with as better for human health and for planetary health is atrocious. These things that are, they're going to require factories and, and laboratories and all kinds of, and, and not to mention the plants which have to be 
shipped from place to place to for for processing and for and then the, the packaging and all this unnecessary crap and the marketing there's a lot of marketing the, the money going into the marketing but that hurts us more than it hurts the the animals on the planet although it all hurts all of us and all of it it's it's hurting everything to to be i want i wanted to say drowning in these lies but that sounds kind of hyperbolic but it's definitely a problem <sighs> i've ranted enough let's see what's uh in the chat here and then i'll probably wrap this up didn't expect wow over 2 hours i mean honestly i didn't think i'd be able to i i fairly i barely felt like i'd be able to do this today so um, cause it was a, like I said, a tough day, but, um, I've made it through thanks to your help. Thanks to your support and, um, got my energy going. Maybe some of that is anger, but it's righteous anger. And it's for people like my mom that I do this, you know, she died of a heart attack, but I'm going to try to make sure my dad doesn't have to, and that others don't have to, you know, if, if I can help it, I'm sure making sure that I don't have to, not until a ripe old age, you know? All right. The California uh, Republic says, nope, get rid of vegetables. Yeah, I agree. Let's get rid of them. <laughs> now, I, look, I believe in personal choice. So if you want to be vegetarian or vegan, go at it. But don't force anyone else to do the same because it's not helping them the way you think it is. It's not helping their health and it's not helping the environment. You are misinformed. Some of you are lying, and you know it. Miss Silver, 41, says, Hello from Australia. Hi. I'm so late I will have to watch the replay. Well, thank you, and, um... <laughs> you, I don't think you knew this, Miss Silver, but my mom loved sunflowers, so thank you for the four sunflowers in your comment. That was really special. And it feels like a, a message from the universe, like a... <laughs> almost like my mom is saying hi from Australia. <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you, Miss Silver. That's really nice. Uh, I, I hope that you'll enjoy the replay. Lisa says, permaculture is the answer. I try to adhere to its guidance as much as possible. That's something I've heard of a lot, but I haven't really studied enough. In this way, I am able to keep my pigs happy and clean and use their waste after composting to grow their food. That sounds perfect that's that's a, a cycle a cycle of life and it's sustainable it's natural and it makes perfect sense uh, otherwise what are you doing you're going to buy uh artificial fertilizer and, and crap like that i mean putting poison i mean maybe not poisons but chemicals into the ground that need not be there that disrupt the natural balance jordan says have a great night good night jordan thanks for uh, joining the chat and for stopping by Lisa says, Miss Silver, I'm late all the time. Glad you got glad you're here now. Hope you're having a good night. That's that's wonderful. I like seeing these good vibes in the chat room. Henrik says, it's not us that need to be reset, it's the one percent elite. I agree. One hundred percent. Lisa says, I know how you feel. Sometimes the stupidity makes my head spin. Yes. Yes, indeed. J.A. says, thank you for sharing. Well, uh, assuming that's uh, thanking me, I'm glad to be sharing. I'm glad this is helping. Richard says, good content, and thanks. Have a great night. 
Good night, Richard. Thank you very much. And um, I'm, I am starting to wrap up here. So um, uh, thanks, everyone, so much for being here. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be here. The plan is to do this every weeknight. Um, I'm probably going to try to maybe narrow it down to three articles in the future. Five seems plenty. Uh, I did five tonight, and that took uh, nearly what... Um, yeah, two two and a quarter hours there. So, I think that uh, I have to manage my time a little more. But um, I mean, if you like the long streams, that's great. But uh, I, I think I need to at least uh, balance it out just a little bit. Um, there are other things I'm trying to work on here. So, uh, if, and for this channel, even so, <laughs> um, thanks very much. And special thanks as always to uh, my supporters on Patreon. Um, as of now, that's Kevin, Jeffrey, Nate, Matt, Todd, Mary, Adrian, Jordan, Grigori, my dad, and MJ Armstrong. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. And um, I'll see you again very soon. I'll see you tomorrow, in fact. Thanks again, and have a great night.